Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Women in Business podcast gives a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share these stories with the world so that in these, uh, they're shining that you, too, can shine. So join us today to welcome, join me in welcoming Michelle Tillis Letterman. Michelle, thanks for being on the show. It's an honor to have you. I know you're um, pretty well known out there with all those books you've published and all that, those speaking <laughs> engagements that you do. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm so happy to be here, Susan. I, um, I'm a recovering CPA. It's probably the thing that is hitting my head most right now during <laughs> tax season. <laughs> I spent 10 years in the finance world uh, doing everything from auditing to mergers and acquisitions to hedge fund investing. I was the only woman on a global venture capital team. I was the only woman on the trading floor. So I was pretty heavy into finance for quite a while um, and very frustrated. Very frustrated by the poor management and leadership and communication. And even when I was um, managing money for the bank and I was listening to pitches, I was th thinking, this is not how you pitch me. This is not how you get me to say yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's how the business was born. That's amazing. I think that a lot of people um, share your frustration, but so few share the courage that you have to go out and do something about it. Tell me more. Well, I was actually working on the trading floor and my boss got promoted to be the CEO of the Tokyo branch. So I hired a coach to go out to Tokyo with me to help get all of the um, traders and bankers ready to report to this US-based CEO. I paid her a big pile of money <laughs> and I did everything that she did and then some. And I thought, I, I'm, I'm good at this. This is what I should be doing. And so at the end of the week, I went to the CEO and I said, I could do that. And he said, okay, you still have to do all the hedge fund investing and still do the budgets and all of that stuff. But you know, if you want, it's yours. I said, done. And so I basically worked two jobs at the bank and I was doing training for the New York and Tokyo branches while still doing my full-time finance job. That's awesome. So you're a whole brainer, not a left or right brainer, but a whole brainer. That's awesome. Um, you know, in preference, I am definitely a right brainer in skill. I definitely have some left brain skill. One of the things I often teach, and because I love teaching communication styles and flexing our styles, I teach managers to understand that skill does not equal preference. And sometimes you have somebody on your team who's really good at something. I mean, I'm photographic for numbers. Uh, you know, people said I was highly analytical, which I didn't even know what that meant, but I, I was really good at it, but I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't engaged by it. I wasn't motivated and driven for it. And so when you have people on your team who are really good at something, understand if they actually enjoy it, because that's sometimes how you lose your best people. Yeah, that's such a great point. Oh my gosh. So I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about that. You know, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're passionate about doing it. Um, that's really great. I'm going to steal that if you don't mind and share that, you know, that thought. You know, I want people when I train and when I work with folks and do, do sessions and when I travel and speak, I've never brought that to bear. We automatically gravitate to that, which we're good at doing because we're so often uh, focused on making the money, but you want to be passionate about what you do. So yeah, that's a really good point. Tell me what well, has... Tell I... 
Go ahead. That's how I ended up where I was, was, you know, as you said, we were driven by the financial security or the type of job um, and the skills I had. And I'm like, okay, so accounting, CPA, this is a good match. But it wasn't a good match. I kept looking for the purpose in my work and I wasn't finding it for me. And I think people who are out there who are feeling a little disconnected or disengaged with their work, understand what you need in your day to day. And what, one of the things I love, which you're going to totally relate to this, because I love feedback. <laughs> I love um, appreciation, acknowledgement, recognition, all that stuff that just feels good of, hey, you noticed I did something good. And you don't get that a lot in finance, at no. least not back in the 90s. No, I remember I was in finance in the 90s. I worked at State Street Corporation in Boston. So um, I will tell you this, feedback to me, I, I think it's a sign of respect. Yeah, it's such a value. I, I, um, I equate feedback with information. That's kind of how I define it. And when I teach how to give effective feedback and how to give action-oriented feedback, uh, I, I talk about the fact that it is simply information and it is a gift. And we have to think about when we receive feedback, how we take it in. How do we acknowledge it and appreciate it and ask for more and absorb it so that we're not in that defense? state of mind. So feedback for me is, is essential. And so, you know, as a speaker and a trainer, when you're in front of the audience, they were going to tell you what they think, good, bad, or indifferent. And good, bad, or indifferent, I appreciate that. And I enjoy that. And I just wasn't getting that. And so sometimes it's not just the function, but it's the culture and the environment that you're working in. Yes. Here, here. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, so for me, I try to tell my, I tell my 17 year old son this all the time, but I try to remember win or lose, win or learn, never lose. That's it. Win or learn, never lose. So even negative feedback can be used to your advantage if you, you know, learn from it um, and change your way and move forward. So I agree with you. This is, this is great. So, so let me know uh, what has been, you say you've, you've been in financial services and now you're doing training coaching. She's published many books, folks. She's fantastic. I love her books. Um, tell me a bit about your proudest professional accomplishment. Uh, well, probably my books. You know, the, the first book was out in 2011. It's called The 11 Laws of Likeability. And it was a three, it took longer to birth the book than it did both my kids combined. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I own that book. And um, I love that book because you gave permission to people to uh, network naturally without being, you know, scripted or prepared or, you know, afraid. Um, you were like, exactly. Yeah, I love that book. So, folks, that was actually one of the working titles was the Natural Networker. <laughs> really, really. So, tell us about. Yeah, I did a course. Well, tell us about it. Tell us about your books and your course. Well, the course that I had done um, was called the Natural Networker, and somebody came up to me. It was at the MoMA in New York City, and somebody came up to me afterwards and said, "You need to turn this into a book." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." They're like, "No, you need to turn this into a book." And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, it'll be easy. I'll be a course. It'll, it'll just write itself. You know, God, was I naive. Uh, <laughs> but it is where it started. And the book uh, came out in 2011 and is now in 10 languages. Wow. And the, it's, you know, it, I think the concept is finally accepted. There was a time that I had financial services firms that wouldn't hire me as a speaker because of the title of the book. They didn't want to deal with likability. And it was actually a women's group that they were like, no, we don't need to be likable. Wow. 
<laughs> it's like, um, so, you know, studies show that people do business with those they like, know, and trust. So likability is important. It is not just important, it is the difference between uh, the connector's advantage and not having that advantage. And that's the follow-up book. So that book just came out March 5th of 2019 called The Connector's Advantage, Seven Mindsets to Grow Your Influence and Impact. And it follows up the 11 laws of likability. And the advantage is simply, whatever it is you're working on or towards, you're going to get that result faster, easier, and better when you are a connector. And that, to your point, likability is so essential. If you think back to, you know, go far back to the agricultural age when land was the most important thing. And the, the industrial age, it was machine. In the information age, it was technology and data. Well, we're in the network age and your most important asset are your relationships. I agree. I yeah. agree. So you've just described my business model. Um, most people on this podcast know me for shining a light on women such as yourself. And they know me for hosting events where I would invite you to speak and doing the same. They don't know what I do for a living um, because I have such a big network. I rely on referrals from these people um, in my network. I don't even need to self-promote or buy advertising or, you know, so yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, I have people on the show that I don't always agree with, but you, I agree with totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't just I give think a we voice. Run our business. Yeah, I don't just give a voice to people who agree with me. Um, but I happen to agree with you 100%. You're, you're clearly an example of how it's done. So tell me who has been your um, mentor, your inspiration, someone who guided you? You know, it's funny. I, I met a, a you have a company. He's um, put a couple co companies public and he was introduced to me before my first child, who's now 13. And he, he is not in my field, but I pitched a business idea to him. And he said to me, you're in love with the idea of your business, not the business of your business. Wow. And I thought, he just saved me a whole lot of pain, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. And so over the years, yeah. He also told me that life is more fun without kids. Um, it's more meaningful after kids, but it's more fun before kids. And this is when I was about five, six months pregnant with my first. So I was like, really? That's what you're going to say to me right now? Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is somebody who was, is so, so successful. He, he's, he's an, you know, I don't want to put his name out there um, for his privacy, but he's, he's a pretty well-known person. And I was introduced by a mutual friend. And then I followed up thanking him. He invited me to his office. And we started chatting and one thing led to another. We would get together once or twice a year, just catch up. And I don't know, you know, seven, eight years into the relationship, I said to him, like, you know, you're my mentor, right? <laughs> he just laughed. <laughs> That's awesome that you kept in touch. And yeah, I'm sure he's honored. And I'm sure he's thrilled to see you succeed as you have and you have in a big way. Um, well, tell me just to keep in in theme with my uh, business and my, you know, the whole Wonder Women in Business podcast, that whole thing. What do you think that we can do to lift other women in business? I love that question. And I think that question alone is what we do, is the philosophy, the thinking. You are a connector. So a connector is simply defined as somebody who is relationship focused in their approach to people, life, and business. And when you think with those mindsets. So one of the mindsets that you're 
talking about right now is the um, spirit of, of generosity. So there's seven mindsets I talk about in the book. And that question just exemplifies so many of them. <laughs> I get so excited. Awesome. So connectors are open. Connectors are open and accepting. They have a clear vision. They believe in abundance. They trust. They're social and curious. They're conscientious. And they have a generous spirit. And so when you ask the question of how can I help others, you yeah. are showing that you believe in abundance. You are giving a willingness to trust and be trusted. You are conscientious because when you say you're going to do something, you follow up and you follow through. And your desire to give is that generous spirit. And in turn, when women are asked that question, having a clear vision and being able to answer the question of here's what I'm working on, here's what I need right now, is part of reaping that reward. It's that connector's advantage, faster, easier, better. So I love the question in itself. And I think the best thing that we can do is keep asking the question, but also to have an answer for the question when we are asked. Wow. This is great. So I'm going to actually put links to, to all of your books on uh, the podcast. I put it into a blog when we're done. Um, I'm going to buy this book. I haven't purchased your next book. The one that came out in March um, last year. I need to do no. This we actually this year ago. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Just came out. Not even out a month yet. We're still in airports hot, right now. Hot off the presses. So <laughs> I didn't know that. I love what you just said. It resonates with me deeply in a personally moving, like really a real way. I mean, that's that's you articulated everything I'm all about right there, and that's why I do what I do. Um, I'm going to sell a ton of your books. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, you know, I can hear that in you. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want listeners to recognize that it is nature. It's not nature. It is nurture over nature. Anybody can infuse these mindsets into their interactions and reap the same reward. Um, it is just a shift in kind of how we think. And it's constant to reinforce um, abundance is probably my hardest. Um, clear vision is something we need to repeat. Trust is challenging. I mean, these are not easy mindsets, um, but it's it's reminding ourselves to give ourselves a little freedom when we mess up a little bit and then re-engage. I love it. I love it. So you make room for human error and you make room for recovery. That's beautiful. That is so meaningful. Um, well, speaking of human error, um, what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? Um, you know, I, I appreciate that you didn't use the word failure. No. <laughs> Win or learn, never lose. Win or learn, never lose. <laughs> uh, and I love that. Um, I think there's been a lot of lessons along the way. And, and one, I, you know, and I, I think we have these mentor moments in our life. When I was still in finance and I was starting my business on the side, the CEO of the, the startup com company said to me, um, you've got to follow the revenue. You don't always know where the revenue is going to come from. And, um, you know, and, and he has to, and he said, you need to act like your priorities are the same because what you say and how you act are not always consistent. So it was very interesting. Um, I, I, find that when you're building a business, you have to test a lot of different things out. And in the same thing when you're in a career, sometimes you have to test some different things out and see what works. 
And I had a little decision tree. And I think people can use this as they're thinking about their next step in their career or if they're starting a business. My decision tree was very different back then as to what I would say yes to and what I would say no to. And that's actually one of the mindsets of a connector as well, that conscientiousness. Mm -hmm. Because connectors do what they say they're going to do, they have to be really careful with what they are willing to say yes to and learn how to say no. My husband actually had a sticky note on my, my monitor for about a year until the sticky gave up uh-huh. and it just said, no, yeah, I love <laughs> was, that. that's me. You just described me. I need to learn when to say no. <laughs> and we have to give ourselves permission. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, here you go, Susan, I give you permission to say no. <laughs> and I want to remind you that when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. And in that sometimes makes it a little bit easier. But one of the things I teach in the book is how to say yes and how to say no, which is never a one word response. So it could be yes if, yes after, yes when, yes with, or my favorite, no but, or no when. So I try to tell people, even if I'm gonna say no, how they could get a yes down the road. Oh, that's cool. Or how they could get another way. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure you've, um, yeah, I'm sure like you get people asking you to do some pro bono work or things that are just not in your wheelhouse often, right? Right. And and as a new business, when I first started, I was giving stuff away left and right. And now I'm like, wait a minute, I got to stop that. Yeah, we have to find our balance that we're comfortable with. And that's that balance between um, that abundance and that generous spirit and understanding our own value and what we're worth and what we're comfortable with. And as long as you feel good about it, then you're making the right decisions. There's no one else that can tell you what you should say yes and no to. That's a very good point. A very good point. And I can always tell my intuition is high and strong and I can tell, uh, you know, this doesn't feel right or sure. I'll do that for you. No problem. Exactly. And then if later you're thinking, oh, what did I say yes to this? Then you know it wasn't quite right. And I always say we have to create boundaries. Um, and generosity, the spirit of generosity is not just to others. We have to be generous with ourselves. Michelle, I can't believe you just said that. Um, so for the listeners out there, I want you to know that there's no prescripted whatever for these podcasts. I ask some questions and these guests answer honestly and authentically. But when she just said what she just said about, um, you know, being honest with yourself and, and knowing your boundaries, I just now this morning took every Monday starting in May off, like throughout my entire calendar, I marked it off, closed, you know, no business on Monday because I need a me day. I am the caretaker for my mother who has Alzheimer's. I have a 17 year old son and a very high maintenance, high profile political husband. So my business and me have, you know, we need some space for ourselves. And so I take the Mondays off for the rest of my life to to just take care of me. I love that. I was like thinking, I'm like, I just said something that resonated because you <laughs> like, I don't know what. Oh yeah. So yeah, you've got to be true to yourself and, and know your value and value yourself. And you know, these are some of the challenges that we face. The question that kind of led us down this path was um, what challenges I faced in the business. And uh, I think sometimes the challenges 
just saying yes to too many things and um, making sure I have that clarity of, of my decision tree of what, how do I decide what to say yes to and what to say no to? And, um, and understand that those decisions will change over time. Like right now, what's important to you is does, you know, do I have time for my mother? Or do I have time for my uh, son? 17 year old son or daughter? Yeah, 17 year old son. Ah, I'm a little behind you. My boys are 11 and 13. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. You will have the teen years at some point. It's a lot more stressful. Um, Even though my son is an angel. I, I mean, a bad day with him beats a good day with most kids. So it's just the challenge of college and, you know, you know, where is he going to go and the SATs and the keeping the grades up and no senioritis, that sort of thing. You'll get there. Oh God. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm stressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good stress. It's a, he's a, he's a 5.0 student. So um, I shouldn't be, you know, I need to relax a little bit. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. That's a testament to your parenthood. Oh, that's sweet of you to say. Well, I'm sure your kids will turn out fine. You are an amazing leader by example, as well as by what you say in your books and what I've heard on the phone and in this podcast. Well, tell me something. So I know a lot about you because I've researched you and I've followed you and I bought your book. Um, but tell me something I don't know, like a surprising fact that listeners may not know about you. If they go to your website, they won't know that, you know, so something unique and different. Well, um, I am an adrenaline junkie. I'm a travel junkie. I have jumped out of planes. I have been to, by the end of the summer, I will have been to six of the seven continents and I will have broken 70 countries. Um, but yet I am absolutely terrified to ride a bike. Wow. Oh my God. That, I've never heard anything like that. First of all, my jaw dropped for all the travel you've done. Cause that's, that's, oh my gosh. When James is off to college, that's my plan is to travel the world. So you're amazing. And then you drop this bomb on me that you can't ride a bike or won't ride a bike yet. You'll jump from a plane. That's crazy. I have swam with sharks. I've gone rock climbing. Um, I love to scuba dive. I've, um, you know, gone rock repelling. Like I love all of that zip lining, love it all. But I tried to learn a two wheeler and I can do it if I, I don't have to turn around and I'm on a flat ground. Um, but I have video of my children at the age of two and four learning their first four letter word when I tried to turn and fell. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I share that story with you. Um, I was running across the room and I jammed my foot into an ottoman and, and broke my toe and I screamed the four letter <laughs> word. And my son across the room is an infant started going quack, 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 because he thought I said duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you, I don't, I don't think that I, I mean, you're really amazing. I knew you were amazing before I invited you on the show, but you're an amazing speaker on the fly. I mean, these are not canned prepared answers and just, wow, what an adventurous woman and what a great life you have. Um, just talking to you makes me want to buy more of your books. Um, so tell me, um, all your books, including this brand new book that was out in March, just this three weeks ago are available on Amazon, correct? Yes. Everything's available on Amazon. The new book, the connectors advantage. If you just go to the connectors I have a, um, a BOGO, which 
which is buy one, gift one, because I think giving a gift of a book about wanting to connect with somebody that's called The Connector's Advantage is a great way. And when somebody does that and is gifting it, I gift a lot of things to them. I have some trainings that they can download, some chapters of other books, some discounts, and some fun things. Um, I will send you a bunch of links because I give away a lot of free gifts and assessments and things like that. And so I'll make sure that your, your listeners have all of those things. Michelle, you are top notch. This is fantastic. I have enjoyed this podcast. So here's what I do normally. And I think yours will be a little different um, because you are a little different in a good way. I write a blog about the podcast, about the person. I'll include your bio, your headshot. But for you, I'd like to include some of the um, maybe pictures of adventures you've been on and a little, you know, more personal uh, side of you that we can see, as well as all the links to the talks that you do and the books that you have written. I want to make sure that we share the good news of what you have to say, because you are fascinating and very talented. And look, I compliment people all the time, but never like that. I'm not laying this on. This is no sticky, sweet Southern girl stuff. This is for real. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm super duper oh, impressed. You're very kind. I will, um, I have a bio slide that I share when I do a talk on relationship networking because I say, okay, you had a bio of me that's all about business. And I throw all these pictures up of me holding a Siberian tiger cub and um, getting a hug from a sloth because I also love of animals. Wow. And, you know, I talk about how connection really happens when you talk about the things that are passionate and, and meaningful to you and not necessarily, my, my work is passionate and meaningful to me as well. Um, but it's, it's the feeling of commonality of shared values, shared interests, shared experience, um, that make people really truly connect. And so as we had this conversation, I felt we were starting to connect stronger because of the shared values and the shared perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. So after this podcast is over, I would like to continue our conversation. I think I have some opportunities that we can um, pay it forward or help each other or share because I want the world to hear everything you have to say. I love that. And that's what a connector does. So (laughs) (laughs) well, I am definitely a connector and I can't wait to buy 10 of your books and give them to friends. Um, thank you so much for being here. You're a delightful person. You're a brilliant woman. And apparently, other than not riding a bike, you can do everything. <laughs> and I even named my son James, so we must have great naming skills as well. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> you said that, I'm like, how do you know my son's name? <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. I love it. So, well, I would love to hear from all your listeners because if they have the same um, passion energy as you, I love connecting with new people and they can always find me at my website at Michelle Tillis Letterman with a D.com. L E D E R M A N, Michelle Tillis Letterman.com. Perfect. I will share one last quick thing when you say that um, people who know I'm a connector probably, you know, my circle of friends is, and, and circle of colleagues is, is probably on board with this. And they are, but I will say they have a phrase about me and it's called the speed of Susan. It's a little faster than most, but Michelle, I think you have surpassed the speed of Susan. <laughs> I love that saying. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you for being here and thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks Take for having care me and Have a good day.